Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. It's Monday, and it's time for Things I've Learned. A look back at the weekend on The Steakhouse. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. I learned that Saturday night football is always a good thing when it's Detroit and Dallas uh, in a knockdown, drag them out, playoff implications, stars everywhere, and it comes down to a brilliant two-point conversion call where they take the two points away from the Lions, say there was an ineligible man downfield, he didn't report. Dan Campbell after the game, not so happy. On the call, is it on the execution? Is it? I don't like losing, Dave. And that's what happened. We lost. And that bothers me. You know, it bothers me. I don't like having an L. So that's the frustration. I'm sorry. I don't mean it at you. He's so nice. Love Dan Campbell, (laughs) even when he's getting angry. Here's Jared Goff trying to explain it. What I do know, and I don't know if I'll get fined for this, but I do know that Decker reported. I do know that Dan Skipper did not. And I do know that they said that Dan Skipper did. So it's unfortunate. Listen, I think it's a ballsy move to go for two, and and we still don't know for sure. So he said, she said. But let me just say this, okay? When you get backed up to the eight-yard line and you're down by a point, you do not go for a two-point conversion from the eight-yard line. Stop telling me how impressed you are with Dan Campbell because he goes for it there. You're giving your team a less chance to win a game to go from the eight-yard line on a two-point conversion. That's when you take a deep breath and you go, let's just go to overtime because then it's a 50-50 chance. Let's just go to overtime. Now they go for it. Parsons is offside. It moves back to the three-yard line. They, they have a wide-open play. They don't connect. But don't go for a two-point conversion on the road from the eight-yard line. Like, calm down. What was that? If I was a Lions fan, I was like, oh, yeah, that's so ballsy. No. Go to overtime. You got the momentum. Great drive by Jared Goff and company, by the way. Great drama on Saturday night. But stop doing stupid things. A couple of other quick things that we learned over the weekend. Uh, David Tepper might be one of the most petulant rich guys ever, right? You've heard stories about him. Oh, he's a they nightmare. Are all terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's kind of the new Dan Snyder, most hated owner in the NFL. Well said. And he's throwing a cocktail at Jaguar fans. Like, dude, dude, when you have like five, eight, seven billion attached to your name. Oh, I thought you were gonna say drinks. Yeah. You <laughs> don't you don't need to be throwing I guess they were taunting him. Um and he was frustrated. Be better. And he throws a drink at Jaguar fans. Right? Not okay. Not mm-hmm. okay. Uh, I don't know how the league's going to handle it. I'm sure Roger Goodell is going to call him and say, really? Is that really what you want? Do you, you think want? Roger Goodell can pick up the phone and call one of the owners and reprimand them? I'm going to say no. I, I, well, notice how I didn't say he laid into him. I think what he'll say is really. It's a bad Do look. you really want that out there? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think he raises yeah. his voice necessarily. Anyway, that was one of the moments from, uh, from over the weekend. Uh, another moment of over the weekend was a big Braves trade. Like, like a big Braves trade. Von Grissom's heading to Boston, and we get Chris Sale. At which point we texted, and, and State got very excited. Said, I know a lot about Chris Sale. So your opinions, your thoughts? I, I think that Chris Sale, when he's right, and last year he had a— I mean, listen, he's been not right for three years. Two years ago he didn't pitch at all. Last year he gave you 100 innings. Three years ago he gave you like 120. But last year when he was pitching— his strikeout to uh, walk numbers are phenomenal. He had some starts where he absolutely was one of the best pitchers in baseball. He doesn't throw quite the same velocity. But Chris Sale, in a postseason uniform, if he is healthy, is an unbelievable piece 
to either start as a Game 3 starter or come out of the bullpen. What did AA tell us? We need more heat in our bullpen. Right. He's, uh, he's, oh, he's revamped. He looked at the Phillies bullpen, and he looked at the guys who came in throwing mid to high 90s, and he said, that's going to be us. Chris Sale does it. Von Grissom didn't have a place. No, and Von, this is better for Vaughn. This is better for us. Eduardo Perez, who was on Sirius XM on MLB Network, this was yesterday, him talking about Chris Sale to the Braves. Chris Sale, I think, is going to have that bounce-back type of year again to be able to get that swing and miss. Tough delivery, tough angle, different viewpoint than Freed from the left side, different viewpoint than Strider from the right side. You got four completely dominating different looks when healthy in that staff. And he goes on to say, Look, this is the best team in the National League, bar none. They're mm. better than the Dodgers with Shohei Otani in that lineup. Oh, Offensively, defensively as well. Alex Anthopoulos has built a beast of a team on paper and on the field. We'll take it. How about that? 42 days, y'all, till Braves spring training. How exciting to oh. see what's going to be going on in the National League and yeah. what the Braves are going to be in the mm-hmm. middle of, right? Yep. I mean, uh, Von Grissom, a very classy note left to Braves He's fans. He's the best. Right? Yep. He is a great guy. And Jared Kelnick's going to be that guy. By the way, Kelnick's got a little toot. You know what I mean? He's got a little dog in him, as y'all like to say, that that I think the Braves were missing in that locker room as well, in the clubhouse. So there we go. So I liked what he had to say. Like I said. Jared uh, Kelnick could mm-hmm. be very, very interesting to mm-hmm. see a part of that fielder. outfield. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, who won the bowl season? Well, who's won breakfast for years? Pop-Tarts, right? That's right. The Pop-Tarts Bowl. Tell me what they did so right, Sam. Y'all, the Pop-Tarts Bowl, they paid $2 million to sponsor. And it used to be the Cheez-It, the company, which used to be Kellogg's. It's Kellanova. They own both of them now. So they decided we are going to go all out. So they have the end of their end zone, right, by the goalposts. They bring out this toaster, this gigantic toaster. And then they have, I'm sure y'all have already seen it, this little Pop-Tart gets up and he starts to dancing. And you already heard we're going to have an edible Pop-Tart for the winners. So sure enough, you watched Kansas State devour the Pop-Tart. It was strawberry in case you care, but every crumb was gone steak. They beat NC State 28 to 19. So for a $2 million investment, the bowl generated close to $15 million in media exposure. That according to folks that study that stuff. Not only that, but two days later, we're still talking on Twitter, and I raise my hand, on which flavor is best. How did you eat your Pop-Tarts? Is so there funny. butter after after you put it in the toaster? Great questions. My wife just said to me the other day, um, she was feeling herself after, uh, I told you, New Year's Eve. Yeah. And I said, what would, what would make you feel better? She said, cereal or Pop-Tarts. And I was like, really? <laughs> She goes, yeah, I wish I could eat Pop-Tarts every day. It's not healthy, but I want to eat them every day. So good. I said, how do you like them? Do you like them heated? What's your flavor? I think she said strawberry, unheated. And then she talked about the little wrapper. Yes. Opening that wrapper, right? Right, and there's two in there. You want to make sure you don't break them. Don't break off that end crust. You got to be. And then when you put them in the toaster and bite into it, and your roof of your mouth is now on fire. I mean, it's a whole thing. Yeah. 
<laughs> that Pop-Tart uh, mascot coming out of that I, I've never seen anything <laughs> so greater. And now Cheez-It, if you're wondering why Cheez-It did the same thing. Yeah. Cheez-It and it's the same, same company. Ownership, so yeah. they had it all planned out. So yeah. I just thought that was great. And the honorable mention for the greatest thing yesterday was Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. You know, Iowa does the wave to the Children's Hospital. Yeah. So they did it. They put it up on Zoom on the scoreboard for the hospital kids to see oh, as wow. everybody turned around. So yeah. great move, y'all. But those poor kids, I hope they weren't too uh, reliant on the Iowa offense, They by were the not. Way. They were not. Iowa's get, Iowa got <laughs> shut out. One of the worst offenses, I have a buddy who's in the uh, betting world. Yes. He bets Iowa under every week. He's never lost. Like the Iowa under, never lose. I never lose. That's great. Anyway.